Welcome to the Philip Wiley Show. Take a look behind the curtain of professional hacking and hear compelling discussions with guests from diverse backgrounds who share a common curiosity and passion for challenges and their job. And now, here's your host, offensive security professional, educator, mentor, and author, Philip Wiley. Hello, welcome to another episode of the Philip Wiley Show. Today, I've got Jacoby joining me, and you may know him as I am Jacoby from social media and some of his content creation, but uh, we recently, I guess we were connected on social media and then recently got more uh, interaction between each other during a on a Discord server for content creation that we're both members of, and uh, I really gravitate towards people that like to educate and help others, and they're really positive, so it uh, was a no-brainer to have you on the show. Thanks for joining. I really, really appreciate you. Um, yeah, yeah. So that that Discord group's probably been like one of the greatest things to happen to me in the you know the last couple of months that have been able to be involved. Everybody's just so incredibly helpful, and there's so much knowledge going back and forth, and it doesn't feel like people are competing. And like you said, it's sharing knowledge and you know trying to help everybody win and uh, get to a better place. And yeah, I'm definitely appreciative. I got to be a part of it. Yeah, it's really nice that it's a positive positive group because you know. When you get on Discord server, sometimes it's not always a positive experience, but this one has been totally positive. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I've definitely gone in and out of a few different servers where, you know, I had to back out because, you know, it kind of get toxic or, you know, people are trying to one-up each other or, you know, whatever else instead of, you know, just trying to come together, uh, help each other be the best that you can be and get everybody up to the top. Uh, but, yeah, the experience with this Discord has just been like just 100% positivity. There's nothing but love and support from everybody that's involved. And it's good, the quality content, the, the information that's shared that, you know, just because we all do different things and someone knows this area a lot better, more experience with sponsorships and that type of thing. So it's been, been, been a great experience. Yeah, I've, I've had a lot of my blind spots filled in. And the thing with blind spots is, a lot of the time you don't even know that you have them because you're just not aware that it exists. And uh, instead of being, um, you know, having it brought up to you via confrontation or someone, you know, complaining about you missing something, it's oftentimes it's just like a suggestion. Hey, this is something that worked for me. And they're just talking about it. And you're like, oh, wow, I didn't even think about it from that angle. And uh, that happens almost every single day that I'm in there, every single conversation that I take part in or conversation that I watch other people are having. Um, I've been able to learn something to apply to what I'm doing and make it better. And yeah, it's, it's been so wildly beneficial for me. So why don't you introduce yourself for, for our listeners, kind of, uh, what you're doing and, and kind of where you came from, what you're doing now, kind of your hacker origin story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, like you said, uh, you know, the name's Jacoby, but you know, everybody knows me as, you know, I am Jacoby, um, so uh, I kind of just recently moved into the content creator space. Uh, you know, I posted my first video on March 15th of last year. Uh, it was kind of a nerve wracking ordeal. Um, hacking has been something I've you know been doing for over a decade. I just, uh, I really don't know why in retrospect that I didn't reach out to the community earlier. Uh, a little bit of nervousness, uh, the imposter syndrome that everybody fights, but uh you know, starting out, um, 
I think my first experience with hacking, or at least that first like moment where you kind of feel badass and you're like, yeah, I want this feeling to last forever. Um, so I was actually adopted when I was younger uh, by a military family and kind of weird, funny story, but I had my name changed when I was like under a year old um, or I had my name changed twice. It's kind of confusing actually. But the second time that I had my name changed, it didn't officially go through. Like they didn't do the paperwork properly. So funny story, I went by the wrong name for a decade. Basically the first 10 years of my life, I went by the wrong name. And when I got adopted by this military family and they started doing up all the paperwork and I had to go get like my military dependent ID, um, that's when we discovered it. Like not even during the adoption process exactly, it was during the uh, application for my dependent military ID. And uh, so what they ended up doing is they had to make me an ID with what my real last name was at the time. And I was out also at a brand new school. So, you know, I was meeting everybody for the first time, but they introduced me as what I thought my last name was. And then all of a sudden I had this military ID that had a different last name on it. Uh, at the time I was definitely script kitty level for sure. And, uh, I had just managed to figure out what the school's Wi-Fi password was for our computer room and then started just doing some password spraying. Uh, it turns out that the Wi-Fi password, by the way, <laughs> it was just Eureka was the Wi-Fi password. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so I just started plugging it in everywhere that I could and ended up finding out that something like 90% of the passwords in the entire school were the exact same thing was Eureka. So, you know, I was in the computer lab and, uh, you know, just doing little things like making messages pop up on our other computers and um, nothing too crazy. But, you know, at that age, everybody was looking at me like I'm some like hacker mastermind. And um, I knew that we were getting stationed somewhere else after that school year. So that was going to be the only year that these kids knew me. So I was like, whatever, I'm going to go all out. I have a military D with a different last name on it. So I convinced everybody in my class that I was like, like a God tier hacker and I had gotten in some trouble and I was now in the witness protection program uh, to get away from, you know, these shadowy figures or whatever. And I'd shown my military ID and it had a different, you know, name on it. And, uh, you know, after I left that year, I just, you know, the feeling that I got from it was just, you know, just euphoric and, uh, yeah, I pretty much decided I was going to chase that feeling forever. Um, so, you know, I was kind of stuck with it on a basic level for some years. And then I, uh, you know, became aware of what Hack 5 was. And, you know, when they released the rubber ducky um, somewhat almost like 10 years ago now and started messing with that. And uh, that was just you know, something that just stuck with me that was just really, really cool that you could have this device and you could just plug it into a system and hack it really quickly. And it was a, it was a really easy way to get that quick dopamine hit from, you know, hacking. So that's kind of where like my passion started. Um, a year or two after that is when I started doing some Udemy courses online. Um, Z security is one of the, uh, is one of the creators for pretty much almost every course that I did. I've done every single course of theirs over the last 10 years. And um, so, I, you know, I've explored a little bit of everything. I kind of fall under the jack of all trades, master of none, um, I guess up until that point. And then 
uh, I guess a couple of years ago, I kind of fell back into the the bad USB cycle of things and incorporating PowerShell and, you know, start targeting Windows systems. And I just got really, really good at it. And it turned out that there wasn't, there wasn't too many people that really delved into that section of hacking. It was just like a niche little corner and it was just really exciting for me. Um, you know, things like using, you know, of course I've done everything with Linux going through Metasploitable and, you know, everything, but for me, it just wasn't super exciting because everything had already been done to such a degree that there was a tutorial for everything out there. And it was always pretty much the same thing. Generate this payload, obfuscate it, put it in a PDF or something and sneak it onto the system. And I don't want to say it got boring per se, but it just didn't give me like that level of excitement. And uh, uh, the new advanced functionality that came out with some of the Hack5 devices later on and uh, incorporating PowerShell into that I just um, I just found something that really really excited me. Something that an area that wasn't super delved into. Something that isn't like completely fully explored. And I started just kind of doing it for fun. And uh, you know I've been making payloads for those devices for some years now, but I'd never I never submitted any of them uh, until you know March of last year was roughly right about when I started to do so. And I submitted my first couple. They got accepted, and then. I just got really confident and what they didn't know at the time is that, you know, I have an entire vault of ones that I've made over the years and I just started submitting them, submitting them, submitting them. And it was probably within about a month, I was at the top of the hack five leaderboard for the most submitted payloads and uh, just kind of kept going. We got to the end of the year, they had their hack five awards and I won the hacker of the year award with hack five. And uh, I don't know, that just, that changed everything for me. Like I said, I was kind of struggling with imposter syndrome for a long time. So I never wanted to contribute. I didn't, I don't know. I just didn't believe that I had what it took or, you know, I wasn't where I should be. And that was just one of the first things that kind of got my confidence to a level where, you know, I consistently started trying to make content around what I did and it just kind of picked up. And um, there's a lot of people that really appreciated my work and, that was the next, you know, hit of motivation that I needed and got. And um, I've just kind of been chasing that since now. And the last year has been just amazing for me. Everybody that I've gotten to meet, uh, all the opportunities that I've gotten going to DEF CON last year and meeting everybody for the first time. And uh, yeah, that's kind of uh, where I'm at now. Very cool. So do you, do you work in security professionally as well? I no, actually, uh, so I don't. Um, that is something that I'm hoping to change going forward. Uh, so for me, uh, something that kind of happened, I so I was in, you know, I joined the military myself right out of uh, right out of high school, and uh, when I got out, I um, I was diagnosed with uh, PTSD and anxiety disorder, and um, I wasn't in the best place mentally. So I didn't ask a lot of questions and that's unfortunate uh, because I was under the impression for a great many years that I was not allowed to pursue any kind of employment. Um, so because of that, I also didn't try to pursue any certifications like on an official capacity outside of just taking the courses for the personal knowledge. I just didn't see a point in paying for the uh, the actual certifications. So it led to, you know, like, 
eight years of me doing nothing but like 18 hour days of self-study without any actual goals of pursuing anything. Um, this last year, you know, I've been completely, or I guess year and a half now, I've just been so completely focused on content creation that I had also not completely decided to pursue it. Um, but now that I guess I'm a little bit more established and I've got things down to a little bit more of a science that actually have some free time. Um, one of my big goals going into like the rest of this year and into next year is to start uh, pursuing some actual certification so I can uh, try to get into the field on a more official capacity as opposed to just having it be a hobby. Very cool. So what type of uh, what your content creation kind of what platforms are you sharing that content on? Um, so it's mostly YouTube where I have my videos being uploaded, but I've been trying to branch out now. While YouTube is where my videos have been uploaded, most of my work has been recognized. And I guess where my name kind of got out there was actually just through GitHub, where, you know, all my code is hosted. Um, one thing that I'm, I'm pretty proud of is I, you know, I've been told that I'm, I excel at making content in a way that makes it easily digestible for newer people that are trying to get into the field. Um, so like all my code on GitHub is, uh, we'll just say it's beautifully written. And, um, I, I like to leave good comments throughout my code to, uh, make it again, make it easier for newer people to digest. And um, I write it in a way that it's almost modularized. So with the intention of new people being able to go in there and take chunks of my code out at a time, reassemble them in a way that they can try to build something new with it. Um, uh, so again, YouTube, uh, GitHub, uh, I've started experimenting with uploading directly to Twitter recently. Um, I was doing that before they tried to do this whole monetization thing just because of uh, how well I'd been performing on Twitter. I didn't even start using Twitter until about a year ago. I mean, I've had one for years, but it was always just to, like look around at different things that would pop up. But I, I've been I've been pretty blessed. We're I think we're about to hit 8K on Twitter now. Um, and I just started posting content on there maybe a year ago. Um, That's good. So, yeah, it's, it's a good feeling. So I'm starting to explore with posting content on there. And then just a couple of days ago, you know, I, I made it public that I was going to start doing some workshops, um, just some like live action classes. And it's something that I wanted to do for a long time, but this one took a lot of a confidence and uh, just straight up a big leap of faith just to try to make it happen. And um, I'm, I'm really glad I put myself out there for it. I've gotten um, really good responses so far. And, you know, people actually seem really, really excited to be a part of it. And uh, so workshops is something I'm going to be delving into more. There's some people that know that I've been working on um, two different Udemy courses. They're just really, really big. Um, and if you guys have seen the style of... Uh, style of my content, the way that I make my videos, you know, I, I have to do all my own editing. I have a certain editing style that I like. And the ratio sometimes comes out to about an hour of work per minute of video. 
uh, between doing all the research and editing and everything. So um, I do have some Udemy courses on the way. It's just, it straight up, it's going to take a little bit of time with the, uh, you know, the way that I stylize my content. And then I've also had a couple people reach out to me and they've been helping me learn the process of applying for actual speaking engagements at, in person at different uh, cons. Um, I don't want to speak too much on them. I haven't technically been accepted to the two that I applied for, fingers crossed, but I did get invited to two of them next year. Um, we talked a little bit about one of them is going to be in Madrid and one of them is going to be in Rome, which is still just absolutely mind-blowing to me. Um, you know, this whole time I'm still in front of like the same monitors. I'm at the same desk. It feels like not a lot has changed for me in like my actual physical life. You know, I still drinking the same thing as sweet tea, you know, um, <laughs> like nothing's changed on this side of the monitor, but you know, over here, um, yeah, everything's changed. And, uh, honestly, I'm still trying to absorb it. I haven't fully processed everything that's, uh, been going on, but I am incredibly grateful for the people that came into my life and have uh, been supportive. Uh, you being like, let's just be honest, you being one of the biggest ones, I can't even put into words how appreciative I am that we managed to cross paths. I think, I think you either, you either comment or you retweet or you just say something nice and motivational to at least 90% of the content I put out, whether it just be a quick message on Discord or, again, a retweet or just a, a tweet. And um, between you and some of the other, uh, we'll say, bigger players who have stepped up to kind of help mentor me in areas, again, where, like I said, where I have blind spots that you're just not aware of. Um, yeah, things have just been going um, really, really well. Yeah, it's really great because, I mean, it's like you you had this talent and once you start sharing it, people saw it. I mean, I'm sure that was a big confidence booster because to you, it probably didn't seem like that big of a deal, but then once it's so easy sometimes for us to think what we do is not a big deal. But then once you start seeing the reactions of how it's other, other people are enjoying the content or how other people are learning from it, it's pretty interesting to see that. Yeah. So that's, that's something that's, I'm really glad you brought that up because that's something that everybody needs to hear. Something that you need to know about the type of content that you do and you make is after you've been doing it for so long and certain concepts that used to be hard for you have gotten to be so easy, a lot of people forget how hard it was in the beginning. Right? You, you forget how much effort it took to get to where you actually are now. It's just, it's become second nature. It's your new normal and a lot of people forget that. So, you know, it, there's a lot of times that you really, really don't know how much you've accomplished until, until someone else says it, until someone else points out, hey, I've been trying to learn this concept forever. And I know I've, I've gone through all these material and I've read all these books and it just hasn't stuck with me. But I literally watched one five minute video that you made. And just from that, everything fell into place and it makes sense. I have put 20, 30 hours into just trying to learn that one concept alone over the last two years and just couldn't grasp it until someone just happened to word it in the right way for it to make sense to me. And when you get that kind of feedback from someone, like it's like all those memories come back really quickly and you're like, wait a minute, 
I remember when I was struggling really hard on this concept too. Like I forgot, but I really did struggle to learn that. And then you're like, wait a minute, I did just explain it pretty well in five minutes. And uh, when you have those moments of realization, when those hit, it's just, it's honestly the best feeling in the world. Um, apart from this new person now telling you that they also understand it and you got to be a part of their growth. Like, you know, you know that you struggled with it and it was a, it was a hard hill to climb by yourself. And um, I remember thinking back then, you know, I, I want to be in a position where I could help someone master this at some point and just finally getting those little affirmations to show like, whoa, you did it. You actually did it. And uh, even, you know, like I, I, I suffer from imposter syndrome really, really bad. Uh, people feel it to different degrees. Um, I know that I'm extremely self-critical and uh, those little affirmations, like they really start chipping away at the imposter syndrome in ways that you don't even realize right away. And uh, yeah, it's just, again, it's just a really, really cool feeling. It's just kind of like too, you just want you, I don't know if you ever get totally get away from the imposter syndrome, but one of the things I've kind of seen back when I was teaching my class at Dallas college or anytime I do workshops, I kind of think, man, that just seemed kind of boring and lame, but it seems like, uh, you know, from time to time is almost like it's intentional. You know, you're trying to do this good and depending on people's beliefs and stuff. I myself, uh, I'm a, a Christian, but I believe a lot of times that you're being rewarded for the things you do. And sometimes you get messages or, you know, some people think the universe or however you're thinking, because I think it's more than just us. There's something else out there or something that, that helps, but it's like you, you, you give this presentation you give this lecture, you do this demonstration and you think it's kind of lame, but then someone comes up and, and tells you, man, I learned a lot from that. I really enjoyed it. So it's just kind of encouragement to, to have you continue and then also let you realize that, okay, I do have something worth of value to teach others. Yeah. Yeah. That, that is exactly correct. You know, like I said, I really struggled just making the initial entrance into the scene and, um, you know, for me, it's been cool sharing the knowledge, but one thing that has been incredibly difficult for me was finding a way to monetize it for myself. And, yeah, you know, you get these suggestions from people, you know, on occasion all the time. And like being completely honest, there was a guy that, you know, he slid into my DMs probably like four months ago. And he's like, hey, like, I see you've been struggling to try to find a way to monetize what you're doing. Why don't you just you know, try to th throw together a workshop, you know, charge between $400, $500 per seat. And then, you know, just have 10 people come in and teach the class real quick. And now all of a sudden you've monetized. And I remember just sitting there like, I was like, you are so incredibly nice, but you are absolutely delusional. You have, <laughs> are you out of your mind? Like, I, if I could find people that were willing to do that, I wouldn't be in this situation currently. Uh, and then, you know, here we are fast forward and I just released my workshop. And um, so I'll be doing that on October 7th and 8th, which October 8th is also my birthday. So like it just lined up so unbelievably well that I can't even oh, cool. think of a cooler way to spend it. But, you know, I just finally shared that I was going to do that workshop publicly. Um, I think it's been three days now and I've already had 10 people sign up. Like he was exactly right. He was exactly right. And it was literally three months ago that I was like, you are so nice. 
but you're delusional. And, uh, <laughs> you know, one of the reasons that I finally decided to try it is because I have been more open on social media. You know, I have, you know, sharing my content and even just letting people know how I feel like, Hey, you guys, you know, I'm, I'm putting this content out, but I feel like I'm not delivering in the way that I should, you know, it seems boring. It seems basic. It seems, and then I have all these messages from people. They're like, yo, I just want you to know that I have my bachelor's in cybersecurity and nobody ever taught me the information that you're putting out there. What you're teaching isn't a part of any of the curriculums. And I got to be honest with you, I have no idea why, because it absolutely should. And, you know, the first time you get a message like that, you're like, oh, they're just being nice, right? The second time you get a message like that, you're like, that's kind of crazy, but it's definitely just a coincidence, you know, like coincidences happen for sure. But then you get like that third or fourth message and it's like, you know, I'm putting in a lot of effort to devalue myself right now. I'm putting in a lot of effort to make excuses for why what I'm doing is not good enough. And you know what, if there's, you know, multiple people on this level, three, four, five, you know, six people saying the same thing, like maybe you just need to consider, you don't have to believe it, but maybe consider that they're telling the truth. And um, I just wish I didn't fight myself for so long. You know, um, I wish I would have listened to these people around me. And, you know, I, these are people that I care about. And in retrospect, I don't know why I didn't, you know, respect and trust their opinions. I, instead decided to listen to the imposter syndrome voice in my head saying, no, nah, they're just being nice. You know, they see how hard you're working and, you know, they just want to motivate you and get you to keep going. And uh, which of course is also true on top of the fact that they're trying to share some nice information with you. Um, yeah. It just, it, it finally sparked my courage and up my courage up enough to give it a shot. And I'm, I'm really grateful. It's, it's been, it's been amazing how everything's turned out. Yeah, it's awesome and, and good to see your confidence improving. And what's really going to be great is once you get those workshops, realize, wow, this is something that I can do. This is easy for me. Just can imagine how that's going to help your confidence and open up opportunities. And really good that you started leveraging LinkedIn to to kind of get your your brand out there and, and let people become aware because you know you could be sometimes you could be the best in the world, but if no one knows of you. There's no job opportunities. It's going to be you just have to do the manual process of applying for jobs. But once you get your name out there, I mean, for instance, I mean, look at Jason Haddix. That guy's got so many Twitter followers and is so well known in the community. He, you know, I'm sure he's getting opportunities all the time and a lot of people like that do. So that's great that you're leveraging that. Are there any other social media platforms that you're using outside of Twitter to kind of help uh, build your brand? So, yeah, I've, I've been trying to get more involved on LinkedIn. Um, LinkedIn has the ugliest UI of any platform in existence without a doubt. <laughs> so I'm going to be honest, like I, I get a little frustrated and overwhelmed on LinkedIn a little bit. I'm still not even like comfortable with the formatting of it. Um, I've been doing some TikToks recently, just some short form videos. Um, same with doing some YouTube shorts. Um, shout out to two people real quick. Jason Haddix is a legend. He is he was one of the biggest driving factors in me starting the workshop. You know, he, uh, he just did his own that I got to be a part of and watch how he did it. And then he helped give me tips and everything. Um, and then Jack Rysider recently gave some really good advice. Um, when you're trying to experiment with YouTube shorts, you're not, you know, overloading your regular viewers. You can just set your YouTube shorts to, 
not actually notify your subscribers. That way you can just pump them out and try to test out what works because it's just be going to the C without, you know, overwhelming your regular subs. So that concept of being able to do that has made me more confident in experimenting with my short form content to see what works. And um, that's been really, really beneficial. Um, TikTok is hit or miss. Um, but, you know, there's all these new platforms that have been coming out and, you know, Mastodon, Blue Sky, Threads, and it seems like the new cool platform to jump to has been changing every couple weeks. So to be honest, I haven't really been experimenting on those too much. I maybe should be just, you know, just to see what sticks, but it just, with everything, you know, everything changing, I, I'm a, I'm a creature of habit myself. I like to form habits and, you know, stick to them. So it's, it's branching out to different platforms is definitely a little difficult for me. I, I, you know, I like what I like. And uh, I like feeling comfortable, but that is definitely, that's definitely one of my blind spots for sure. Uh, something, an area that I need to improve in. And uh, cause like you said, it's all about getting your name out there. Cause you could be the best at something in the world, but if people don't know who you are, you're still stuck in the manual process of reaching out to people individually, as opposed to, you know, like Twitter where I've managed to sort of create a name for myself, which is, such a cool feeling, but I'm at the point where, you know, uh, people are reaching out to me for opportunities. Uh, you know, people reached out to me for the two conferences that I just mentioned in uh, Madrid and Rome. I, you know, I didn't even, I don't fully have the confidence yet to be reaching out to people. Um, that is probably like one of the next obstacles for me that I need to work on um, in, in like my transition of growing, uh, reaching out to people individually is definitely a, a little difficult trying to convince them of your worth and be like, Hey, you know, I want to, I want to be a part of what you're doing. Um, but I'm, I'm slowly working on that as well. That's good. And I see that seems like the success of your YouTube has been going pretty good because didn't you finally hit the, uh, uh, the mark where you can monetize now? Actually it's complicated. Um, so I sort of, might have made a mistake with my YouTube. Um, so I've actually, I, I hit the monetization goal forever ago. So I've had this channel that I'm on now since 2007, actually. So throughout those years, it's been used for different things. Um, all the old videos are unlisted now, but I do share it with people on occasion. When I first made my channel, it was for free running videos back in 2007, like just me and my friends, like flipping off buildings and whatnot. Um, <laughs> Now, up until last year, I never like wanted to fully commit to a single identity. So I had no problem with keeping all those videos up. Well, I learned a very, very harsh lesson last year. And that is if you privatize your videos, not just leave them unlisted, but if you privatize your videos, you lose all the watch time for them. So oh, wow. I, I privated most of my videos last year at one point, cause I was trying to clean up the channel. I just left like a handful of them that had the most views. So it still looked like my channel had some views for like social proof. Uh, but then later on I decided, no, I want to know exactly how many views my channel is getting with just the cybersecurity content. So I privated all of them except my cyber ones. And it ended up 
wiping all of my watch time and then it demonetized me. I lost monetization because I went under the, the watch hours. I oh, didn't know wow. that was a thing. So I pretty quickly, you know, beat the goal, right? You know, I got back to the monetization standards, but my channel is actually just simply still not monetized. And I know they did the change recently where you only need 500 subscribers instead of 1,000 and 3,000 watch hours instead of 4,000. Uh, but those changes haven't actually reflected on my account either. Like it appears that maybe my account didn't update with everybody else's. So to be honest, I don't even know if I'm in like no man's land or not right now. I'm technically past the monetization goal. It's just my channel is not monetized. Um, but I think that might, that might be okay. Um, I know that a lot of content creators in this space, it being as niche as it is, and you know, you're getting hit for adver advertisement restrictions. Not a lot of people make too much money off the, you know, the ad rolls and everything else. Um, mm -hmm. So now that I'm doing these workshops, you know, the Udemy courses, or, um, you know, we just did our vault drop, which was, you know, wildly successful. Um, I might be okay with just using YouTube as a way to, you know, continue to share knowledge and just put out my content and then hopefully, you know, funnel people to my other projects, which might, you know, will we'll definitely be more profitable than, you know, AdSense. And I'm pretty sure most people make, you know, make most of their money through channel sponsorships anyways, which has nothing to do with the, you know, the monetization standards. So, um, yeah, yeah, I accidentally hacked my own YouTube in a bad way. <laughs> yeah, it's just kind of a, a, a lesson to learn. It's interesting that you're mentioned about the, the thing with the shorts and notifying listeners. One of the things I've noticed recently is David Bomble just created a whole new YouTube channel just for shorts. That honestly, I kind of wonder what. See, that might have been that might have been the play, assuming he didn't want to bombard his users with the notifications. You know, because you have your if you have your your one main video, your one main big video going out each day, but people are mm -hmm. getting four notifications on your channel because you released three shorts and uh, and a big video they might be less inclined to be watching those big videos because they're being annoyed by those three extra notifications a day for shorts. Um, so maybe he needs to get a hold of uh, Jack Rysider's, um advice. He might not even have <laughs> yes. to do a second channel if he just turn off notifications for your shorts and, you know, your shorts, are, the whole point of your shorts is to, is to reach a new audience. So mm -hmm. it doesn't necessarily matter if you don't necessarily want the notifications to go out to people you already have on your channel. You're wanting to reach people who aren't. So when I read that, I, I was just blown away by how simple and genius it is. But I might have to message David and let him know about that advice yeah. uh, to save him from having to try to build a second yeah, channel. But maybe he has his own reasons. Because he's got like close to 2 million subscribers on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. So you wouldn't want to you wouldn't want to bombard all two million of those yeah. with you know four or five notifications a day. Yeah. Um, so we're getting down towards the end of the show. Is there anything you'd like to share before we close out the episode? Um. Uh, mostly just you know let you know that uh, I'm appreciative that you had me on here. Um, you know we have a lot of projects in the works. Um, fun fact, speaking of David Bomble, um, I'm, 
I guess I can probably say it on here. I'm doing an interview with him next month. Oh, cool. Um, so that's a, that's kind of a wildly good feeling, like I said. Um, and again, that was through Twitter. So um, even though a lot of people say that Twitter is just a negative cesspool, I think almost everything in life is pretty much what you make it and what you feed into. If you're yeah. constantly getting into like Twitter, Twitter disputes and Twitter fights and blah, 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 that's what the algorithm is going to feed you. I tend to just try to stick away from any kind of drama. And, you know, there's so many cool people on there that are happy to just have regular good engagements with you that you don't really have to, uh, you don't really have to engage in the negativity. And, you know, if you just focus on what matters to you, you know, putting out the content that you like and interacting with the people that you respect, um, you know, opportunities start presenting themselves. Uh, like that one, just for example. Um, as far as projects, uh, you know, I'm always, uh, you know, my bad USB repo uh, is probably where a lot of you know me from. If you are familiar with me, it's currently the biggest, you know, bad USB repo on all of GitHub and it's been wildly successful and it's about to get a giant overhaul. Um, fun fact, there's 22 payloads in it currently. I had to limit it uh, for certain reasons, but those reasons don't so much matter anymore. And my private repository has 228 payloads that I just haven't been adding for those reasons, but we're about to be integrating a bunch of those into there. Uh, again, I have my bad USB workshop that I'm hosting that's gonna be on October 7th or 8th. Uh, if you head over to my Twitter page, I'm sure you can see kind of updates on that if that's something you wanna partake in. Um, and then just some Udemy courses that I'm going to be trying to get out as soon as possible. I'm aiming to get at least one out before, you know, the new year. Um, but yeah, I mean, outside of that, it's just, you know, more work. Yeah. We'll be sharing all the, any of the links and stuff and social media that you would like in the show notes, but it's really one of the things I've just, thank you for joining. One of the things I've been really impressed with is, you know, your passion, your heart, and the amount of work you put in, you put a lot of effort into your projects. You don't just, you don't halfway do anything, which is, which is awesome to see. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I, a little mix of ADHD and OCD. I, I hyper fixate on everything that I do. And, um, yeah, I, I, I just have to like, you know, it's cheesy to say, but, you know, put 150% into absolutely everything that I do. I, I want to see, I want to see the best outcomes possible. And I want to know what my capabilities are, but there's no way to know what those are unless you, you know, give absolutely everything that you are to everything that you do to see which things stick and, you know, which things people appreciate the most or what people can uh, get from it. So, uh, yeah, yeah, that is that is most definitely something that I, I am proud of. I, I do put uh, every bit of my being into every little thing that I do. Very cool. So thanks, thanks again for being a guest. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I really, really appreciate you having me on here. Yeah, one of the things I like to do and one of the reasons starting this podcast is I've always shared resources, but always, you know, it's always a great value when you can introduce people to you know, other people that are just really great for them to learn from are just awesome people. And so you, you definitely fall into that category for sure. <laughs> I appreciate you, brother. I appreciate you. 
Thanks, everyone, and we'll see you on the next episode. Thank you for listening to The Philip Wiley Show. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. In the meantime, to learn more about Philip, go to thehackermaker.com and connect with him on LinkedIn and Twitter at Philip Wiley. Until next time.